Welcome to Dueling Reviews, that podcast that you look forward to each and every week where two guys sit down with one comic and see what transpires. This week, Matthew. Hello. Sex. <laughs> it's been a long while. A couple of weeks ago, we yeah, thought yeah. we were going to get sex. Yeah, well. But it turns I, out we didn't get sex. And so now we're back in the hopes that tonight we'll actually get sex. And so a lot of people may be wondering, hey, why are you guys talking about sex? Uh, three weeks after the issue hit the stands. Well, a couple of reasons. Number one, sex is so popular, everybody wants it. Right. Sex sells. This and, is a second uh, printing. Yeah. So what we're looking at this week is the second printing of sex from Image Comics. And sex the second time is often almost as good. <laughs> the sex is written by Joe, um, Casey. Joe Casey. And man, I'm not even going to go in on the art. Peter, uh, uh, Peter Kowalski. Peter Kowalski. Yeah. Um, and give us a rundown of this story because, you know, when I see, and, and the issue that we had last time is that Apple was refusing to sell sex through their, through their store. Right. And the only way that you could get it through the comiXology store, and we only found this out after we recorded our episode was mm -hmm. you go to the comiXology website, you mm -hmm. get sex through the comiXology website. Then you open up your comiXology app on your iPad or your Android device or whatever that you have. And then it automatically syncs, and, and then you get sex on your on your iPad. And right. so uh, we did actually uh, read it the next day, but mm -hmm. we figured since the second printing is out, we would go ahead and discuss the and, adventures of Simon Cook. Simon Cook. This is well, the, basically the story in this issue is Simon Cook, who is apparently a, a young man of some ill repute, is returns he a young man? home. Well, he seems to be a young man. I'd say late 30s, perhaps. Okay. Well, there's a scene later in the book where he's right. interacting with someone who's on her deathbed, and she looks we'll like see. an old person, and it doesn't necessarily come across as being his mother, mm. but well, someone that he cared greatly for. There is a for. lot of ambiguity here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Simon returns to Superior City. Or Saturn, City. Saturn, Saturn City. Saturn City. And here in Saturn City, he takes over the reins once again of his family the Cook Company. It's kind of an interesting and city. Yeah, um, it is. It's beautiful it, to look it, at. Laid out as as a sat you know a Saturn. Here you have a central hub, and then uh, that's kind of located in a or surrounded by a giant moat or big canal or built on the lake or whatever. And then you have bridges that shoot out from that all the way around, and then it's ringed by even more buildings of the city outside of that. So it is it is visually stunning. Yeah, and when you look at it, it it's one of those. I'm pretty sure. From the airships and the technology and the things that this is one of those 20 minutes into the future stories. Oh, I love those. Because there's no real expectation of what year it is other right. than things are going on. And Simon, of course, meets up with old friends and old foes. He has meetings with people. There's a wonderful sequence where he's just sitting in a restaurant with, a, with Tony Stark, apparently. Yeah. And having a conversation. But the point where the issue kind of goes zoot is... After that, he ends up going to a club, kind of a, right. a, a nightclub. Nightclub, And yeah. after that, well, he ends so, up in a private room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even when he's having his uh, talk with his uh, Tony Stark friend, the, the guy that I guess helps run his company, there's right. implications that, the, that he was a superhero. I mean, we're three or four pages in oh, yeah. before we get any kind of inkling that this guy had some kind of life outside of that. He goes to this nightclub, and he's talking to the, uh, to the Wonder Twins. Um, the Alpha Brothers, I mean, or yeah. uh, and then we see a kind of a lizard-like guy walk in, a, yeah, probably one of his nemesis, nemesi, 
Nemesis. Um, and again, this guy is so old that if he is Simon Cook's a villain of his. Yeah, he's the clearly the villain. The reference that Tony Stark, for lack of a better name, makes is the armored saint is right. retired, right? Right. When we see the the lizardy man talking, he's like, that armored prick ain't around anymore to keep me from asserting myself. Right. Which is, so we're going to see a little bit of a power struggle, it looks like, um, and trying to look for domination or who's going to be the lead bad guy right. in uh, Saturn City. Uh, but you have to be one. careful when you use the word domination. <laughs> yeah, in exactly. This exactly. So this is why, I, you know, going back to that to that reference about the woman who's dying on the bed. Right. Maybe Simon Cook is older than he looks. It's definite possibility. I mean, if I, were, saying. if I were looking at a character called the Armored Saint, I would say what we're probably looking is like a vaguely biblical motif. Mm -hmm. So you go with somebody who has maybe Superman powers and doesn't age. Yeah. And you would expect that this guy is wholesome and upstanding and a really nice guy until he goes down to uh, Sex City. Yeah. It's that private room. And I'll I'll be honest with you. Title of the book is Sex. So I'm expecting, okay, this is going to start out raunchy from page one. And I'm going and I'm going and I'm going. And then we finally get to this part where he's like, I'd like a private room, please. And then the wall goes up, the lights go on, and hello. Two half-naked young ladies performing for his entertainment and elocution. And this is a mature reader's book. I mean, it is pretty explicit. Uh, well, yeah, there, we see parts of these young ladies that I have never seen in a mainstream comic. <laughs> well, not in a mainstream comic. Now, you and no. I reviewed Penthouse Comics... Right, the penthouse collections on oh, many mean, many years Howard ago. Shaken, Howard Shaken's Black Kiss is one of my kind of my guilty pleasures. Right. So it's not as though I have never seen comic book depictions of the female genitalia before, but it's a little shocking. It was. It really was. I'll admit that. You know, I expected when they're like they're kissing and they're making out, and Simon is having the flashbacks to whatever happened with this elderly woman who may or may not be his girlfriend, his mother, his sibling. His lowest lane, I don't know. And then I'm like, okay, well, we're going to have the shadowy scene. Nope. Close-ups of young ladies' tongues and, and stuff. And, and, and their, fingers and things their, and parts. Their things and, and their stuff and their... Yeah, it, it, it is really graphic for about... How many pages is this? Oh, uh, probably one, six. One, two, three pages is all the, all the longer yeah. that it goes. And something a little shocking to me. And Four, again, five, you know, yeah, it's six a book... Pages, yeah. It is a book aimed at a mature readers. It is a book called Sex. I did not expect to see penetrative things happening in this particular show. And that's kind of that's kind of the thing where I'm like, "Oh. Well, this this is where we are then. This is an HBO comic book." This no, is No, this the, is a know, Cinemax comic book. Is it? Yes, Cinemax After Dark. And of course. Yeah, go ahead. The the thing that really sells it for me, and this is this is from twenty years on the internet, is as he's sitting there and he's zoning out, and the young ladies are performing. One of them is like, "Hey, you gonna do this or what?" And she uses different words, right? But I'm like, "Okay, that's that's funny. It's yeah, yeah. awful, yeah. but it's funny." I guess and, the yeah, I mean, it is just an odd situation because not only while he's watching mm-hmm. and. Don't take this the wrong way, listeners. But he's sitting there playing with his ball yeah. while he's doing that, which means something, right? Right. 
It seems to be, is it a globe? It looks like a little globe or a marble of some kind. A little globe or a giant marble. Something, something indicative of something. Yes. And then, of course, as we close, the door opens and another woman walks in. This one fully clothed. And she starts talking to him in a very familiar manner. And he's like, Shadow Links? I mean, I mean, Annabelle. Yeah, so we're starting to see all these relationships, and I find this interesting. I mean, we really don't know who Simon Cook is, except that he said he was once the protector of Saturn City, so he must have been a superhero of some kind. He's come back to the city to um, work in the family business again for good. He's got some past history, something that has caused him to walk away from superhero life, and then we get some mysterious people walk uh, uh, that walk into his life, and then it's all wrapped around this banner of sex, so... I am curious, well, maybe not curious, I'm going to bet even money that through the rest of this series, every book is going to have at least one graphic scene like what we've seen in this book. The the sequence here is an odd one, but I think that from a storytelling perspective, if you step away from the fact of, now for me, again, I looked at this and I'm like, it's very well drawn. There's a problem that I have with sex scenes in comic books, and that sex scene in comic books problem is best defined by the words of Otter Disaster, who said, dude, she's lines on paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, this is more of a thing where I'm getting an idea of that character's mental state. It's not really titillating. No, because that's what I said. It's I, kind of like the last, that the scene at the end of Requiem for a Dream, yeah, yeah, where yeah. they have the sex, the sexual content mm-hmm. set against that horrifying content. Mm-hmm. And, you know, having him cut back and forth between the reality of these two, you know, young ladies performing for him and this dead woman who may or may not be his, his mom or something. I don't know. Yeah. If it's his mom, that's even more bizarre. Yeah. Or, it or is. creepy, I guess. Uh, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, the, um, in the back of the book, and I'm reading again this digitally through Comixology, uh, it's right. got a next issues where it says Saturn yep. City holds many mysteries. Can plain old Simon Cook, civilian at large, solve any of them? And there's a picture, and this apparently is the cover mm-hmm. of a, again, a nude woman uh, standing in, up in a window with a light coming in at night, and the shadows are falling across her. You know, to not reveal anything. It's still very sexual, but it's not revealing. And that is actually what I was expecting in this book. Yeah. That kind of, of sex. A lot of, you know, shadowed. That kind of stuff that we saw in, in uh, not Powers, but um, um, Trouble with Girls. Right. That kind of stuff. I wasn't expecting this. And I don't know the shock value, the shocking moment when you get to that, if it makes it that much more shocking. Or well, if this is just there, let me ask you this. Mm. Is the graphic depiction of sex there for shock value, mm-hmm. titillation, or is it just an integral part of the story? I see integral is a hard word because it doesn't especially if you have drinking. anything. Yeah, it doesn't have anything specifically to do with the story at hand i Th- think that we what know it is of. well right i think what it is is it gives us kind of and all of the sequences and all of the interactions that simon has give us kind of an expectation that this is a character of extremes a character of you know more than one facet and right 
when we start out, he's having he's having dinner with the guy, and they're in the upscale restaurant. And as we go through the issue, he gets in less and less uh, savory mm-hmm. situations, yeah. territory. And when sure. we finally see that, you know, it's something that I think informs the character that he's willing to pay these young ladies to perform for him, but he's unable to focus on it because of this tragedy in his past, recent or, or not recent. Mm-hmm. So I think it sets up an expectation of who Simon is. And if you take the expectation of him being named the armored saint and put it up against him, basically, it's not prostitution because he doesn't touch them. But basically willing to pay a sex worker to perform for him, that kind of sets up a dichotomy. The armored saint is willing to pay these women to perform. Yeah. And then as we get to the end of the issue, we find that the woman who may or may not be you know, the in charge of the the club, the sex show club, whatever it is, is a former associate of his. Maybe his Catwoman. Oh, well, the Shadow Links kind of gives it away. You know, there's the the, the sex in this is, um, well, Links is a cat. Cat. Well, Links is a cat, but yes. having the name Links doesn't mean that no, no. She's I was cat- saying, but I was saying, you said, is it her Catwoman? Well, she is named after a cat. And she is a woman. Right. The Cowardly Lion the, is also named after a cat. He I is know. not Catwoman. No, I know, because he's a boy. Put him up. Put him <laughs> up. So the question, though, is this is even more graphic than the boys in many of the sex oh, yeah. scenes. Um, Absolutely. And the one thing that we noticed about the boys and what Ennis was doing there is that he's showing that even the most beautiful exterior of a superhero, these people that you worship, there's a dark underside this darkness that you don't know and in this case of the boys um the superheroes were you know perverse out of control do whatever they want and i wonder if 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 casey's trying to do that here i don't think so because in the boys there was a general sense of the soups the super beings are all reprehensible jack wagons right and the things that they did sexually are really the least, in many cases, offensive and disgusting things that happen. There is no, at least contextually for me, there's no value judgment about Simon watching these women. And I think that, to me, makes a difference. Because they are wearing masks and costumes right. to where they may or may not. They may be, you know, it may be a fetish thing. It, they may be trying to look like superheroines getting it on in a world with superheroes would you know would the the nun schoolgirl uh naughty librarian thing also not include the superheroine fantasy yeah you know i i don't know so i've never a, paid someone to have sex for me in front of me so from a story perspective did mm-hmm. you like the story well there are three problems that i had with the story it's there. There are three things that distracted me from the story itself. And the first occurs on the very first page when they want to emphasize a word. Well, yeah, now this, that is, word this is, is not, not I don't know if that's a story, you know, from the overall story or if that's how it's being presented. Um, you know, see what I'm saying? When we get into the art really. is lettering part of the story or is it part of the art of the story? I think it's part of the story because. Okay. The lettering, well, let's look at it this way. If I'm talking about a show, and there are three actors up there, and one of them is Christopher Walken. Right. And Christopher Walken is doing his Christopher Walken thing, but the character that he's playing is supposed to be a Girl Scout, that would affect my appreciation of the story. 
Now, is uh, okay, let's just looking at the story itself. Did I like it? Yeah. I don't I'm, think there was enough story in this issue. I feel like this issue was designed to raise a lot of questions. Sure. And to get your attention with that, you know, with the lengthy sexual interlude and mm-hmm. with the what's going on here, who is this woman, was he a superhero, wasn't he? Who are all the people in his life? How does this all tie together? Yeah. There are a lot of mysteries here. I I like the mysteries, but I'm not sure I like this issue. I think that some of the stuff was kind of somewhat presented as for shock value. And and, and listeners, if you want to go see a a really interesting debate unfolding over at Majorspoilers.com, go look at the uh, story that we have over there about uh, Wonder Woman, the uh, Wonder Woman triple X parody that Axel Mm -hmm. Braun and Vivid Entertainment is putting out. Uh, Kimberly Kane nails it as Wonder Woman as the title of the story. And there's an interesting debate going on between a couple of commenters about pornography and mm. it's whether it's art or not art. And, you know, attempting to de- define something that's pornog- uh, pornographic, um, I know it when I see it kind of mentality. So it's kind of interesting to kind of then reflect then back onto this book and and from my perspective saying, is the sex part really necessary? I don't know because we don't know enough about this character. And I think at the end of this issue, that's somewhat troubling. We start to see little glimpses of him. And I said before, I like kind of being dumped into a story and learning mm-hmm. about the character. But when you've got six pages of sex, that's like almost three pages of more story development. I could have had about this character. So I know a little bit more about this character. So right. I know whether I want to come back or not next week. Now, certainly, the allure of more sex is always something that will intrigue me. Um, the kind of cliffhangery shadow links. What's the relationship between these two is interesting. Has Simon cook really given up superheroing and who is the woman that's dying on the bed? Those are all really interesting kind of hooks into the story. But even after a couple of weeks of reflection, I'm not sure that I'm sold on this story as something that I, that I see as for me a success. You know what I mean? And that's kind of hard to Mm -hmm. say. Well, had it been a six-page fight sequence um, taking up that same amount of real estate, and we were jumping back and forth from Simon fighting with the vulture and thinking about his his mother dying, I think it might – we probably wouldn't have that same response. And Maybe. I, I don't know why the book is called Sex, and I don't know – why Simon Cook, the armored saint, or the once and former armored saint, is who he is today. I would say that the title of the book is one of the unanswered questions. Right. Why is it called this? Why is he in this situation? Unless this is one of the reasons why he had to leave. It's entirely possible. I would say two things. I'm not shocked or bothered by the sex. No, I'm not. I I mean, I was shocked at first. I don't think it has anything... See, this is this is difficult to say because it doesn't feel like it's intrinsic at this point to right. my understanding of that main character. Right. It seems like it is real estate that could be used in a different manner. But right. we do learn about Simon. We do learn about his thought processes, and we learn about what the at least what the character is partially like because of that sequence, mm-hmm. because of him being there. Now, had it been a moment where these women were doing this and he was fully engaged in their expectations and he was engaged in his own stuff and thinking about the dying girl. 
I think it would have been something like the boys where we're supposed to believe, okay, this is meant to show us that he's a bad person. Yeah. Okay. So let's think, go ahead, go ahead, finish up your thought there. I, I think that the way this plays out, it feels like it right now. It isn't. No, I don't even want to say that. It feels like at some point this will be important yes. to what the story is going to become. I agree. So right now that, that sequence feels gratuitous at best. Yeah. But when we're all done, I'm, I'm thinking that it's going to play into something. And, and that's why I said I really don't know from the story perspective if I, if I like it. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I've been left hanging to an extent. That's first issue. Yeah. So the, the next, issue, the, yeah, the next thing, well, the next issue comes out next week. Sex, right. uh, sex number two comes out from Image Comics, uh, April whatever next week is tenth. Mm-hmm. The uh, the next question then is let's get into the art. So let's talk about the lettering. And as you said throughout the book, different words, and it's not even on an emphasis really, but it's just it's, it is. It's, is it's it on every emphasis? Because sometimes it's not even the, when it we doesn't see even the hit that way. words. They're italicized. Okay, but so then they I then think... they're also colored. That's almost like someone took a highlighter. And highlighted them with a different color. So you got yellow and pink and green and blue and orange. And the <laughs> use of the color, the use of color throughout the book is interesting because when we talk about, you know, sometimes you have books with a monochrome palette. Right. This one switches back and forth. So you'll have a panel that seems to be all blue tones, then a panel that's orange or a panel that's all blue, then a panel that's orange and blue, then a panel that's all orange. It's not standard coloring. And I, th- I don't understand why they chose to color the emphasized words, yeah, especially I, because they have the three different colors. Yeah, four, four or five. I mean, yeah. like I said, blue, I'm trying and pink to figure out whether blue is supposed to sound different than pink. I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to look at, you know, I, I tr- I've tried to look at this multiple times and I just kind of gave up because I didn't really want to. I guess I was too busy to invest the time to investigate this further, so it's my fault. Well, for there not were six pages further. of naked women at the back. I mean, well, yeah, I mean that ate up thirty seconds at a time. Um, there's, you know, <laughs> words that we see here in yellow, for example, uh, yes. on when um, the lizard guy, the old guy, is in the club. He says, "I knew this was a mistake. Mistake is highlighted." Later on, he says, "Theater, talk, say." Are those related words? You know, I don't know. We've got words in orange that are saying look, and later on we have asshole and shadow links, and I don't see a rhyme or reason, again, right now, for why they're colored this way. I wouldn't have mattered if it was just a solid color or a single color, but there's got to be something behind those highlighted, emphasized words. Have you figured it out? I haven't. It really feels like... They're, I mean, they're definitely there for emphasis, but I think what it's supposed to do, and I, I feel like as we go through there, we're supposed to get a different sort of intonation from each, because when we see the jackals are looking to take what's mine, and that armored prick ain't around to keep me from asserting myself. Right, right, right. But I don't necessarily, I can't, I can't figure out what the colors mean, if well, anything. So if we get to the last, uh, last two pages... And the word that you were avoiding earlier was jerk off, right? Uh, yeah. Then we get to the last page and Shadow Links comes in and the highlighted words in red are um, uh, response, coming, pleasure. Mm-hmm. Are there all the red words somehow sexually charged? Are okay. the orange words somehow related to 
other things, relationships? I don't know. And so more than anything, I found that to be extremely annoying. Is there a secret code? What if we take all the highlighted words and we put them together, alphabetized by the first letter of each color, and see if it makes a shadow script? I'm sure someone out there has already deciphered this. It's been out for well, a couple of weeks in the, now. In the flashbacks, they're gray. The flashbacks to mm. his mother dying, mm -hmm. where it's all the gray, the black and white, kind of a gray-blue, mm -hmm. all of the highlighted words are gray. It's, it's weird. It's, it's entertaining, but it's distracting. Yeah. What about the actual art art itself? Uh, let's talk. Before, um, uh, I found the coloring to be very reminiscent of um, the Watchmen art in its original form. I can definitely see that. There's an influence for sure. The art itself is uh, it's a cross between uh, Tony Daniel, not Tony Daniel, the guy doing The Walking Dead, Tony Moore, and well, a little bit of Peter Chung. Charlie okay. Adlard, then. Yeah. And a little bit of Peter Chung, who did uh, Eon Flux and sort of the elongation and the strangeness of the faces. It's okay, but it feels very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, uh, Casey's previous book, uh, Butcher Baker, The Righteous Maker. Yeah, I never read likewise, that. Likewise, very sexual, very crazy. Had art that was woo-hoo-hoo. And this art feels pretty tame compared to, you know, some of the content. It feels kind of like maybe a post-apocalyptic superhero walking dead art. Yeah, I guess I just from the color scheme, I was like, oh, well, this feels very Watchmen. And here's this guy that seems omnipotent and he's walking around with a, you know, a blue ball or marble or whatever in his hand. Something like a, a Dr. Manhattan might uh, have because a lot of the color that we see fall on Simon Cook does fall into the blue tonal range a lot of the time in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get into the club, yes, you know, your backgrounds turn red and your subjects turn blue and then they're purple and red and yellow. And well, that's the club lights doing that. But the color palette to me felt very much like Watchmen. Uh, did, who did the coloring on that? It wasn't Dave Gibbons didn't do the cover coloring on, uh, the coloring on Watchmen. Yeah. I don't even remember. Okay. Um, let's say Laverne Kinzier. Sure. Wonderful. Laverne did a wonderful job. Now, as far as the actual art art, it goes, the, the line drawings, the ink, um, you know, I thought everything was fine. Um, yeah, there are some weird moments where faces look a little bit more elongated, but yeah, I can see your, uh, I can see your, your walking dead, uh, references in there mm -hmm. in a black and white way. I kind of like how they use the zip tone to, uh, create, uh, you know, light highlights. The lighting the effect. Yeah. And across the bodies is, the is disco really kind ball. of interesting. Yeah. 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 Is um, it really zip tone or is it like a digital version? Oh, well, <laughs> well, no, I doubt that they're actually getting out the Zipatone and adhering it to the surface. They should. I mean, you can create the digital Zipatone dots, but I think most people, when I say that, know what I'm, what I'm referring to. Um, John Higgins, by the way. John Higgins did the art on watch or the coloring on watch. Yes. Okay. Um, bottom line then, Matthew, on this, on this book, are you going to pick up sex again? Are you going to go, uh, diving back in and, and seeking more sex next week? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it, sex is always a complicated issue. I yeah, mean, it is. certainly part of me wants more sex, but then there's also the question of sometimes you have to be careful about where you get your sex mm -hmm. and what the sex is going to leave you with. I'm not really, I don't want to say the target audience because I actually, I am the target audience. I'm someone who loves comics and loves naked women. 
But I don't think I'm going to be back next issue for 100% certain because of the difficulty that I'm having wrapping my mind around this. The, the distraction of the lettering combined with the distraction of the coloring. That, that sex scene, I guess it's kind of, this is, this is my thing. I am a grown man. I am familiar with pornography. There are times when pornography and I have been well acquainted, and I don't feel that there's anything wrong with pornography. I don't feel that there's anything wrong with, you know, someone necessarily utilizing it for its intended purpose. Right. This is not pornography. Right. However, in not being pornography, it kind of hits that thing where it's also not a superhero story. Not that there's anything wrong with not being a superhero story. I feel like the elements of – there are enough elements here to where it's distracting that there are the highly sexual elements and it's distracting that those highly sexual elements aren't purely pornographic. It feels like we're in sort of a weird central Venn diagram where neither is yeah, really yeah, yeah. fully served. Yeah, yeah. You know, where the – I like the fact that uh, it gets through this whole thing and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, it's Cinemax After Dark. And then one of the girls is like, hey, hey, asshole. I'm like, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's funny. Yeah. No, it is. That, fun. I mean, it is funny. I mean, there's I don't know. You said you're probably not going to come back. I usually try to give a book a second chance. So I will be getting sex next week. I will check it out. But uh, at this point, it's not going to be at the top of my stack. I can tell you that this is going to be something that. If I have time and it may be a week after it comes out, I'll pick it up. I'll read it. I'll compare it. And because it's fresh, because we're talking about it this week, because it's fresh in my mind, I'll have a better perspective of how the two issues tie together. But again, if sex is just thrown in there somewhat meaninglessly, I probably I'm probably not going to come back after issue two. Uh, so I'm going to give it a second chance. But right now, this one is kind of a toss up. Uh, I would say that. Is it worth checking out? Mm, maybe. If, if you're, you're over 18. 18. Yeah. If you love yourself some Joe Casey, because I think Joe Casey has done a lot oh, of yeah, yeah. wild and crazy. Did he do Godland or was that someone else? I don't know. Let me look real quick while you're. Was that Joe out. Casey or was that something else? The thing about Joe Casey is he yeah, likes he did to Godland. go. Yeah. He likes to go and tell really wild stories and sure. he's not afraid to touch on really heavy-duty concepts and to use that, you know, sexual content. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I would say that this is clearly not a book for kids. It's clearly oh, yeah, not yeah, yeah. a superhero story. You know, it's not the latest chapter of Age of Ultron in that it's actually palatable. But if well, my thing is, if you're if you're over 18, if you love yourself some Joe Casey, go check this out. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to say not, tentative. Dip your toe in the water. Yeah, give it a shot. If, if we word? haven't sold you on the idea of sex, right. then you probably should avoid the book. Agreed. And if you have an issue with, you know, highly sexualized portrayals of women, and again, it's one of those situations where I think it's borderline. I think it's not prostitution, and I well, think I don't it's think it's I don't I don't think it's exploitive in yeah. a sense that the art is exploitive just to get people interested because right. the characters themselves are dressed up that way for their, for their job. So in that right. sense, it's the costume that they put on much like the superhero puts on a costume for his job. So it's just a costume. And I'm sure people are going to have a disagreement with that. Um, oh. but that's how, that's how I see this in this way. Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna I'll read the issue too, but I I, I don't have strong feelings about this book. Yeah, it's definitely not an absolute must buy for me. I'll probably check it out. I mean, the thing about working in a comic store that is wonderful is oh, yeah, I do get to read everything. I have access to where I can just go, "Hey, I can go and look at this book." All right. So assuming they that, that any get ordered for the store. Yeah. Did you guys sell well on that one? No, I haven't been in in the last 2 weeks. I oh, had okay. uh, had a a minor snow catastrophe and then oh. of course Easter Sunday we weren't open. Ah, okay. The next door neighbor schmuck put all the snow at the end of my driveway. <laughs> all right, next week uh, in the comic book next world, week. we have Star Wars number four, four. X, X number zero. It is X. April, which means it's WTF month, which means uh, check out all those gatefold covers because it might have you exclaiming WTF. Jonah Hex is not next week. Or actually, that's what, All Star Western? It is not next week. Okay. Constantine number two comes out next week from uh, DC Comics, as do a number of the 19 issues. Batman, Batman Detective, uh, Batman Little Gotham number one comes out in a print form. Um, Flash Chronicles has a trade paperback. Oh, yeah, they got Batman 19, Batman and Red Robin number 19, Batman Arkham Unhinged number 13, Superboy number 19, Team 7 number 7. Uh... Seventh son of the seventh issue is that what is it that is? the last issue of Team Seven? I don't know. I to be honest, well, I, I have not so. read that. Um, from IDW Publishing, we have GI Joe number one. That's a second printing of that. Doctor Who Classics number two. Doctor Who Prisoners of Time number three. That's the <gasps> second printing of that. Uh, we've done three. Three is the third Doctor. If it was four, yeah. Kiss Solo number one. The Demon Mars Attacks number nine. Rocketeer Hollywood Horror number three. Oh, I cannot wait to read that one. Um, oh wait, I already did read that one, didn't I? I can't remember. No, I have not read that one yet. Um, TMNT books come out, Will Eisner Spirit Artist Edition hardcover comes out. That one's going to be expensive for people picking that up. Image Comics has the Invincible Universe number one, Power Men, or Powers. What is that? Gosh dang, my sight's so bad today. What does that say? It's, oh, Nowhere Men. God dang. Nowhere Men number four. Saga number 12, Sex number two, Walking Dead number 109. Age of Ultron number five. Matthew will definitely be picking that up from Marvel Comics. Avengers versus uh, X-Men. Avengers Arena number seven. Avengers Assemble in 14. Age of Ultron edition. Avenging Spider-Man number 19. Hawkeye number nine. Hawkeye. Let's do Hawkeye. Oh, Have we done do a Hawkeye? Yeah, we did Hawkeye a long time ago. One of the very first ones that we did in uh, this. I wouldn't mind going back again and picking it up. I mean, I've been reading it. Uh, Ultron number one. Age of Ultron... Uh, I don't know why it says number one AU. This has got to be an alternate universe, right, Matthew? Age of Ultron. A. Yes. Um, Wolverine number two now uh-huh. also comes out. Looking forward to that. Wolverine number two now. Archer Wolverine. and Armstrong number nine. Critter number ten. Critter? That's not the movie from the uh, from the 80s. No, it's not Rodrigo either. <laughs> Green Hornet number 34 comes out. They Jennifer didn't cancel Blood. Green Hornet when they launched the other no, Green No, they've got multiple titles going on. It's amazing. Jennifer Blood, number 25. Kevin Keller, number 8. Legend of Oz, The Wicked West, Wicked West Ongoing, number 6. Lord of the Jungle, number 14. Loveless, 2 in 1. Mega Man, number 24. Peter Cannon, Thunderbolt, number 8. Uh, Shadow, number 11. Stuff of Legend Toy Collector, number 4. Tiger and Bunny Graphic Novel. I have no idea who that is by. Vampirilla number 28, and Warlord of Mars, Dejah Thora's number 24. 
just a highlight of some of the books coming your way next week. It looks like we will be looking at, what did you say? Oh, uh, Hog Guy. Hog Guy number nine. Hog Guy number nine. Go ahead and uh, pull that into the system, Matthew, and we About will time set to milk dog. that aside, providing no one else has already claimed it. Well, if they did, I've got tenure. Okay. I will physically Actually, fight only, anyone I, at major spoilers. Well, then I think uh, we won't be reviewing Hog Guy number nine. Why is that? <laughs> um. Uh, are you implying something? What are you implying? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing at all. Oh, I do want to say, hey, Carter Johnson did another bang-up job with some art for major spoilers. You may have seen Carter her art previously Johnson. on Zach on Film, and now you see brand new art from Carter as our new logo for Dueling Reviews. We thank her so much for doing a smashing job of uh, depicting us and not making us look like uh, two giant round circles. So she did not do a good job <laughs> realistically, but Listeners, we look if, awesome anyway. If you want to help out the site, be sure to head over to Majorspoilers.com. Lots of opportunities, including clicking through the Amazon.com link. And we've got a membership drive going on right now to open up the members.majorspoilers.com website. You can find out more about that. Help feed the, the goat. Help us reach our goal, which means more content, more podcasts, more stuff for you. Help us to feed the goat. Yes. Welcome to Drooling Review. <laughs> All right, everybody. That wraps it up for this installment of Dueling Review. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, Remember, yeah. this podcast, two guys, one comic, infinite possibilities. We will see you next time. Even though this is an audio podcast and it's pushed out to you, there's absolutely no way that we can see you. It's Spoilers is copyright 2013.